Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Acts. Howdy and good morning, faithful listeners. You've tuned into the Bible Explained podcast on this lovely Tuesday morning. And today we are going to be discussing the book of Acts, because on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you guys know that I do a New Testament episode. So Tuesday is our time in the New Testament, and we're going to be talking about Acts chapter 12 today and finishing up this chapter, verses 20 through 25. So it's a pretty short little snippet of scripture here that I'm going to be reading for you guys, but it's very um, dense. It has a lot of content in it and actually a lot of really deep content. So let's get into this. I'm going to be reading this portion out of the W.E.B. as usual. Now Herod was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus, the king's personal aide, their friend, they asked for peace, because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod dressed himself in royal clothing, sat on the throne, and gave a speech to them. The people shouted, The voice of a god and not of a man. Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him, because he didn't give God the glory. Then he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Barnabas and Saul returned to Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their service, also taking with them John, who was called Mark. Like I said, that was a shockingly deep portion of scripture for how short it was. But I mean, there's a lot we can talk about with it. So all of Acts chapter 12 is basically talking about King Herod and his war with the early church, specifically in the first two verses of Acts chapter 12. He actually killed James, who was the brother of John, you know, James and John, the two disciples that uh, Jesus loved. He called them the sons of thunder. Like that was his nickname for them. So that was that James. You know, the one that followed Jesus very closely. And and James was the first of the 12 disciples to be martyred. So James is killed by Herod because Herod was looking for a way to please the Jews of his time period. And the Jews didn't like the early church. And so once he killed James or beheaded him, he found out that the Jews actually kind of liked that. And so he arrested Peter as well. So that's what we talked about last week, Peter being in prison and then an angel actually coming and uh, (laughs) releasing Peter from prison. And it's just kind of a funny story because the angel was very cold with Peter. The angel actually even slapped Peter. (laughs) And I don't know why that's so funny to me. It just kind of is funny to me. But anyway, uh, the, the angel helps Peter escape from prison. And the entire time that this is going on, Peter thinks he's seeing like this vision of an angel releasing him from prison. He doesn't realize that it's actually happening until he's in the middle of the street and the angel is gone. (laughs) And then Peter's like, oh, hey, I'm actually in the middle of the street. So that was Peter's story of how he escaped from prison and how he escaped from Herod specifically, because Herod wanted to appease the Jews. And the best way to appease the Jews was to persecute the early church. And so Peter had basically been within hours of being killed when the angel freed him from prison. Like he was going to be killed that very morning, actually. That was kind of where we left off last Thursday. We talked about how Herod is searching for Peter because there were a lot of guards actually in that prison, you know, keeping Peter secure. 
there was like four four sets of guards three or four sets of guards guarding peter and all of them didn't know what happened and herod being the nice guy that he is ended up putting every single guard to death instead of listening to their testimony that they truly didn't understand what happened to peter now you'd think that if herod had that many witnesses like every single guard coming to him and being like we do not know what happened but the gates were opened and peter is gone you would think that herod would be like hmm that seems kind of fishy maybe i shouldn't mess with the the early church but that's not what ended up happening where we left off on thursday in verse 19 it says when herod had sought for peter and didn't find him he examined the guards then commanded that they should be put to death. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. So now we reach the portion we read today. It says in verse 20 that Herod was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. So somehow these two cities offended Herod. Now, Tyre and Sidon were not Jewish cities. They were actually under the control of Rome. And they were trading ports from my understanding when I looked them up. And they didn't have a lot of land. And so they would trade. And that was kind of how they brought their income in. So it says here in scripture that their country, Tyre and Sidon, depended on the king's country for food. So that means that Tyre and Sidon, because they had somehow angered King Herod, they were no longer receiving food from Israel because King Herod kind of like cut off the supply to Tyre and Sidon. And you can imagine now that Tyre and Sidon really want to get back on the king's good side because now their people are starving. So King Herod, you know, just from the the one chapter we have about him in scripture, you can already tell that this guy is just extremely arrogant. He's a very arrogant human being. He believes himself to be greater than God because he's persecuting the early church he wants the Jewish people to applaud him. He's, you know, siding with the bad guys and uh, killing people. He's just not a great guy. You know, he, he's not a good king. And I'm sure that because King Herod was offended by something that Tyre and Sidon did, he could truly care less if these two cities totally died. Just that's my personal guess. But King Herod had a very big ego. So here's what it says Tyre and Sidon did. It says they came with one accord to him and they made Blastus, the king's personal aide, their friend. So somehow the two cities of Tyre and Sidon made the king's personal aide friendly towards them, probably by giving him bribes or gifts or something along those lines. And so Tyre and Sidon are kind of cozying up with Blastus to get on King Herod's good side so that King Herod will start giving Tyre and Sidon food again, basically. And then it says that King Herod was about to go address Tyre and Sidon. So this means that Blastus, the king's personal aide, probably got the king to do this, probably somehow warmed the king up to Tyre and Sidon, was like, just go give a speech to them, you know, do something because they're not as bad as you think they are, something along those lines. So King Herod agrees. It says that in verse 21, on an appointed day, he dressed himself in royal clothing. He sat on the throne and he gave a speech to them. So the great historian, Josephus, actually talked about this story in his uh, book. 
He mentioned that King Herod dressed himself in like the most ornate clothing that you could think of in all silver, basically. And so when the sun shone on him, it was like blinding for all the people that were like listening to his speech, basically. So the people ended up chanting, this is the voice of a God and not of a man. So there's a few things going on that I I would think. The first being is that the people of Tyre and Sidon really want to butter up King Herod because they're starving. Secondly, they see his like glowing outfits and out of superstition, they start chanting that this is the voice of a God and not of a man. So there's two things happening here, superstition and the need to butter up King Herod, the need for food and for protection of family. So they start chanting that King Herod is this God, you know. So King Herod, of course, being the arrogant person that he is, he's kind of like taking it all in when the people are chanting this. He's like, yeah, you know, I am a God. (laughs) I am definitely a God. And he doesn't give glory to God. Now, here's the thing. King Herod was an Israelite man. Even though he was a king, he was still a Jewish man first. And Jewish people worshipped Yahweh. They weren't supposed to take part in any kind of um, idolatry at all. And yet, in his heart, that's what King Herod starts doing. Except this time, he's doing the idolatry of self-worship. Which is basically what all, all idolatry is. Like, if you look at it throughout time, anytime somebody worship something that's not Yahweh, in a way it is self-worship. Because when you worship something that's not Yahweh, that doesn't have a mind and doesn't think and needs you to assign value to it, it's a form of self-worship because then you can assign whatever value to that object that you want to. And you can be like, well, you know, this object that I worship needs me to do this or needs me to do that. And it's just whatever lusts and vices that are inside of you that you want to act upon. And then you can say that, oh, you know, it's because I'm worshiping this object. So all of it is self-worship. All idolatry is self-worship. And so this king, King Herod, is taking part now in idolatry, worship of self. And the people here are idolizing King Herod because They need something from him. They want something from him. So they're willing to make him a god in their minds in order to get what they want from King Herod. So King Herod, it says, he didn't give glory to God and immediately an angel of the Lord struck him. So right then and there, King Herod, after giving that speech and taking in all the glory to himself and not giving glory to God, ends up getting struck by an angel right then and there. And it says he was eaten by worms and died. So what the heck does that mean? Once again, Josephus talks about this. Josephus says that King Herod developed a terrible stomach ache that he succumbed to five days later. So when I read that, I thought, oh, like an internal worm, you know, like uh, worms inside of the stomach is what Herod died from. That's what it sounds like to me. And you know, this was the final straw because King Herod didn't give glory to God at any point in this chapter and probably at any point in his life. So even though it seems like, you know, wicked people 
always prosper in this life. You know, we look at what's going on in the world and we're just like, why do wicked people, why do evil and bad people always get what they want? Why is it that the good people never get what they want? At least I think that sometimes. It's going to run out. God's justice will eventually come out, just like it did here for King Herod. Suddenly, he's got a worm in his intestines and he dies. That is how quickly it happened. God is justice. He is also grace. He is also mercy. But he is justice and he is going to give every single person what they deserve, whether it's on earth or in the world to come. And what's really interesting is I've actually heard some people talk about God the Father and how he doesn't show himself in the New Testament. But that's actually not true because he's, sh he's showing himself right here. Like this is kind of like a story that we could potentially read about in the Old Testament. It sort of has that same feel, you know, an angel striking somebody. And granted, it didn't happen often in the Old Testament, as you guys are seeing when we go through the Old Testament. I think people think that God the Father just struck people dead constantly all the time in the Old Testament. But that's actually not true. We see we've seen very little of that, actually. But God the Father is the same yesterday, today and forever. And so at a certain point, God will show his justice to every single human on earth. And we see him showing his justice right here on King Herod in the New Testament, meaning that God the Father is still watching out for everything and everybody. And so it's just kind of a encouragement in a way, not because King Herod died exactly, but because Every single person longs for justice. We may not always see it here on earth, but it is going to happen. God will show justice to everybody. But it says in verse 24, but the word of God grew and multiplied. And that's the real encouragement here. Not that Herod died, but that God allowed the church to flourish after that. They were being persecuted. They were being uh, killed. They were being tortured for no reason. And now God's justice was shown on the person who was doing all that to the church. And the word of God after that was able to grow and multiply. That means that the church just went crazy after all this. Like it was already kind of going crazy before this, as you could see, and as we talked about, but now the church is really starting to shine. And so it says, Barnabas and Saul returned to Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their service, also taking with them John, who was called Mark. And so it's really a good ending to this entire story. It starts out with something terrible, James dying, but it ends with talking about how Christians were able to flourish. And man, isn't that what all Christians long for? We long for the ability to flourish to have a purpose to spread the gospel without people persecuting us. <laughs> that is what Christians long for. And so even though this chapter starts out pretty terrible, it has a really, really good ending. And that's because it's always going to have this ending. Persecution is only going to last for a little while. The gospel is going to flourish just the way God intended it to flourish. 
Alrighty, faithful listeners. Well, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope it was a little bit encouraging for you, especially if, uh, especially if you are a Christian who has experienced persecution. Um, I know that it, here in America we do have it pretty good, but I actually do know of somebody who is being targeted because they are a Christian right now in in their school. So it happens. Unfortunately, there is a lot of mean people out there that do not care for Christianity. But like I said in this episode, persecution is only temporary. But friends and faithful listeners, I will see you all tomorrow for an episode out of Judges. We are moving, flying through the book of Judges. We're going to be done with it very soon. And then we'll be moving into season seven next month. All right, guys, I'll see you all tomorrow, 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up. Happy listening and God bless.